1233. The material we gave them is varied. We started with descriptions of environments, so describing where four or eight landmarks were in a gym or in a small town or a museum, and describing incidental information about the environments to make them more vivid. And we told them that they would be tested and they could read these descriptions four times. And we filmed them as they were reading. And as they were reading, they were making gestures. So they're not talking. The gestures are for themselves. And for the the environments, they were drawing lines for the paths in the environments and and points, dots for the various landmarks. And they were doing it over and over the way you might rehearse a phone number. So they were rehearsing that, checking it, and doing it in different ways. But for the environments, just about about 70% of the people did this spontaneously. We never suggested uh, that that gestures would be helpful. We never gave them a hint that we were interested in their gestures, but about 70% made lines for paths and dots for, for places. The way you would do if you were drawing somebody a sketch map of how to get from one place to another. And when they did it, they remembered better. And when we took a new group of people, we've run this now four or five times, a new group of people had them sit on their hands and that group did worse on the memory test. And some of them even said, I can't think without my hands. But what I would love to see is an Oxbridge for all. So my remedy is let's drop undergraduate teaching, which is not what these universities particularly want to be doing. They lose money on it as well. And which has always encouraged a kind of um, unfair access for people who go to a few private schools who've always got in much more easily, often without much competition. Let's keep the kind of brilliant graduate programs and improve them. Let Oxbridge keep making money out of corporate conferences, which they host all the time. And then let's have Oxbridge for all. Let's pick out bright members of the population of all ages and all classes and say, you know, you're 38 years old, you didn't go to university, or you want to give it a second go. And, you know, you're not well off, but you've shown great intellectual ability. Come to Oxbridge for a year, for three months, whatever it is. We'll run all sorts of courses. We'll pick up promising teenagers from unlikely places, and we will give them some of that excellent teaching and that exposure to the beauty of these places. That's what I would really like to see. Not, not diminish these assets, but spread them to the whole population or much more of the population. There's still this moment in the operating room where you put these clamps on the big blood vessel that you sew the kidney to, and when you remove those clamps, the blood comes rushing into the kidney and this gray, dead organ becomes a pink, vibrant, healthy organ, and it almost immediately starts making urine. Every time I take those clamps off and I watch the kidney come back to life, it's such an exciting moment to know that just as that blood is breathing new life into that kidney, that kidney is gonna breathe new life into the recipient. And it's an enormously rewarding way to practice medicine.
I've become more and more aware of it as I studied vesture. And, you know, someone wants a meeting to end. They stand up, and that's a signal. If you're around a table, who you look at next gets the floor. And women aren't looked at. 4, 12, 33.